Recently, I've done a few posts on reducing birth rate as a way of reducing the population. And I've gotten some people writing back and asking me, why are you talking about population so much? Now, I talk about many issues related to the environment, not just one. I can't be comprehensive in every single one. I am trying to treat as much of the issues as I can. Really have to look at all these things. But this is one that I haven't actually treated that much. But I think it's, well, first of all, the big reason is because I'm reading this book, or I just finished reading this book, Countdown by Alan Weissman, which I highly recommend. I did an episode on it just recently. Uh, it was episode 248. I'll put a link to it in the page. At the very top level, as far as I can tell from the numbers that I look up, the earth is overpopulated for sustainability. That is to say, we have more people on the planet than the planet can sustain regeneratively or even sustainably. When I look it up, the numbers that seem plausible to me are around 2 billion. Roughly speaking, that was the population of the planet when, around when the Haber-Bosch process, which ushered in the Green Revolution, came about. And that's when we started, among other things, there's lots of other things, but this is one big thing, is that when we started using fossil fuels to grow food, before that nitrogen had to be fixed through natural processes, the Haber-Bosch process fixed nitrogen. That is to say, it used fossil fuels to make nitrogen into synthetic fertilizers, and we use that to grow plants. And now when we eat, the calories that we eat in plants largely come from fossil fuels. Go back to before that process, and the earth could sustain about 2 billion people. That's kind of a rough indication of a major change that happened that allowed a lot more people to live, but not sustainably because it depends on fossil fuels. So if we are overpopulated, if the planet is overpopulated for what the earth can sustain, then the population will eventually crash, which is to say, in a short period of time, we will go to a very small, a smaller number of people, smaller than 2 billion. So if we're up around 10 billion and the earth can sustain 2 billion, I don't want to be there. I don't want it to happen at all, whether I'm there or not, that the population of the planet drops by billions. This isn't like a market correction to the stock market where people lose money. This is where people die. I don't want that to happen. I want to prevent that from happening. No one wants that. So why do I talk about it? I am trying to change cultural values. We still seek economic growth, and that economic growth requires population growth. And this belief infuses our culture with GDP covering housing starts as something as an indicator that people really love to hear, and it gets politicians elected, that we should be fruitful and multiplied. There's all over these signs that once you make the shift to well, the shift that I'm promoting is away from promoting growth to promoting enjoying what you have. And once you make that shift, growth looks like this unchecked cancerous thing that it's everywhere. It permeates our culture. To give an example of a cultural shift that once you've made the shift, the old way looks crazy. Imagine a world where smoking was not just normal and not just not that the number of smokers was decreasing. There were still more and more people smoking all the time, but people pointed to the lowering rate of increase. So you're getting more and more smokers all the time, but each year you're adding a few fewer than the year before, but it's still increasing. You would pick up on that and you'd be like, we want fewer smokers, not a smaller decrease, but a smaller total number. And that's where we are, that people keep saying, Josh, don't you see the population is leveling off, but even the projections to 2100, st it's still rising. So people talk about 10 billion people in the future 
in the century. Actually, I remember at times when it was 9 billion, 10, sometimes 11. I mean, imagine you lived in a world where drunk driving was increasing all the time. And people said, don't worry, it's increasing slower now than it was before. Still increasing just by a small amount. I don't think you'd like that. You'd probably talk about it. That's what I'm doing. I'm talking about this stuff. I want people to feel comfortable talking about lowering the birth rate. Because if we don't lower our birth rate, nature will increase our death rate. I talk about it because many cultures still promote it, especially religions, politicians, economists. These people benefit from it. Politicians benefit from higher tax, higher taxes coming in when there's more people. Religions benefit from it, from having more people supporting their religion. Economists, they have these theories that say that this stuff has to happen. It doesn't. And by the way, talking about it works. Talking about lowering birth rates leads to, can contribute to lowering birth rates, Japan, Thailand, Iran, these places had lower birth... You know, a lot of people have this knee-jerk reaction to say they only know about the one-child policy in China, which they call a failure. But lots of people in China say, we couldn't have made it. We would have grown too fast. We didn't have the resources to sustain the population that would have happened had we not had the one-child policy. So there was some coercion in it, and I didn't like some of it. But look at what happened in Thailand. Apparently... A lot of it is due to one guy who did the projection, who projected and saw that too many people, it wasn't going to be a sustainable Thailand. And he started making it comfortable for people to talk about condoms and birth control and family planning. And they went from having something like six or seven children per woman and a couple decades later down to 1.5 children per woman. And the population started becoming more manageable. We could do that. These weren't people suffering. These are people choosing to do this. And they were loving life, loving their families. There are huge parts of the world that just don't get it. There are stories in, the, in this book of Countdown. And by the way, listen to the episode because I quoted it in episode, I think it was, I said 248. There are women with seven to 10 kids saying, oh, it's God's will. What can we do about it? That's just the way things are. It doesn't, people don't have to think that way. Talking about educating girls about family planning and contraception, I'm a huge supporter of that, but I don't think that that's where we stop. That's a starting point. First of all, I don't hear people talking about talking to men about family planning. And if they're the ones pushing for having more children, doesn't it make sense that we should educate them on it? And people say, well, we already educate men. But apparently, as far as I know, and I could be wrong, if I'm ignorant, please relieve me of my ignorance and tell me that I'm wrong. But I think that we educate them on engineering and, I don't know, other stuff, but not how to have fewer kids or how to change their beliefs about having fewer kids. So educate everyone on lowering birth rates and don't take for granted and don't be so incredibly condescending. Again, maybe I'm wrong, but it sounds incredibly condescending to think there's just no teaching men about this. There just can't be, they can't learn. If they're the ones who are pushing for it, we got to educate them. That's something to talk about. No one's doing that. And to the extent that educating girls works, it's still relying on a secondary effect I'm, I'm all for it. I'm all for equality. You'll find no greater supporter of sexual equality, of all sorts of equality than me. But relying on, hoping that teaching them this stuff will also lead them to reduce, that's luck. We're hoping for the best. I'm all for it, but also teach lowering the population. There are places where they've said one is plenty, two is more than enough, or something like that. I forget. Uh, Iran had a slogan like that, I think, if I remember. And it worked. That's what we should, that's what I propose is not just teaching about contraception, but also pointing out the value, the benefits and setting cultural norms of having fewer children. 
because I don't want to rest the solution to the strongest cause to all, every single one of our environmental problems, to luck, hope, and secondary effects. Every environmental problem that we have, you can trace its roots back in some part, usually in large part, to overpopulation, to too many people on the planet. Nearly every time I see environmental problems discussed, people mention myriad solutions, but almost never lowering the birth rate. They'll talk about scattering stuff in the atmosphere to reflect light. Can you imagine the side effects unintended for that? They'll talk about hope dreams of sequestering carbon dioxide. I hope it works out, but we don't have that technology now. We have the technology to lower the birth rate. They talk about all sorts of solutions, anything but lowering the birth rate. And yet if we don't lower the birth rate, nothing else works. I always hear people asking, how will we feed 10 billion people? It was 9 billion before. Sometimes it's 11 billion. No one ever says, how do we get down to 2 billion? Because it's easy. It's obvious. We can do what we're... Well, is it easy and obvious? There's certainly low-hanging fruit in terms of things that we can try, things that worked in countries like Costa Rica, Mexico, Japan, Thailand. They lowered their birth rates and people were happier. The economy did fine. Economists, politicians, and journalists... They still think that we can grow the economy sustainably, requiring population growth. And this growth that they talk about economic requires population growth. So they promote it despite the glaring flaws and contradictions and the outcome of overshoot and collapse. They could, these economists, these journalists, these educators, these politicians, they could follow the pioneering work of people like Herman Daly and other economists and and these people who are studying and show that you can have a steady state economy and people do okay, which seems obvious to me from the outside. And the historical record of cultures that survived without growth for sometimes hundreds of thousands of years. While we trashed our planet in around two or 300 years. So these economists, these politicians, these educators, they push for growth. I want them to realize that they are pushing for degrading Earth's capacity to sustain life in human society. That's why I talk about this stuff. And I'll keep talking about it until it becomes a mainstream thing to talk about, until someday I, I foresee a future where we have 2 billion people on the planet or whatever, you know, with some technology it could go a little higher. Maybe it'll get a bit lower if we want more uh, abundance for everybody. But I foresee a future where we've reached that level by culturally and personally choosing to have fewer kids. And if you have one, one and a half kids per family on average, For a few decades, we're down to 3 billion or so, and suddenly every other environmental problem becomes more easily solvable. It's like we get that the house is on fire, and there's gasoline being poured on the fire. That's extra people. I believe, I see my working on the belief that adding more people is a solution. That's like, and changing that belief to enjoying what you have, that to me is like turning off the spigot that's spewing oil or gasoline onto the fire. If you bear with me, here's an analogy. In 1944, we didn't say we need to figure out how to make do with a Germany that remained Nazi and let's just contain it. We said we want no Nazis. Hitler was a threat to freedom and life. Today we realize that freedom of speech and other freedoms, freedoms of assembly and so forth, means that we don't outlaw speaking about or promoting Nazi or neo-Nazism or racism. We recognize that banning that Banning people thinking, that hurts society more than allowing it, as long as they remain peaceful. So we face the challenge that can always grow. 
Nazism can, neo-Nazism can always grow back. That's a challenge, but it would be worse to not talk about it. As formidable opponents as Hitler and Goering were, and their peers were, their ideas endure. And those ideas, those are the bigger problem. People come and go, but those ideas are the problem. It's the same with slavery and what underpins slavery. To believe that different people are more or less human by their skin color, that belief that's what we have to face. That's what we have to challenge. That's what we have to say that doesn't, it doesn't make sense. Overpopulation and its underpinnings, that growth solves all these problems, that a rising tide lifts all boats, the, these are the great threats that if we don't talk about and we don't treat, people keep coming back to it because there's a lot of money to be made in growth for the individual, but it hurts the rest of us. It, and by hurts, what I mean is it lowers the Earth's ability to sustain life and human society. From the flip side, once you get this change, once you get that growth can't go on forever, that that would result in overshoot and collapse, and that enjoying what we have leads to a great, great life, then we see that there is a huge opportunity for economists to rewrite our future. For would-be leaders, people who are not leading because they are not getting this, for them to become leaders, for an economy to flourish when we stop the banking system from creating money through debt, I don't want to get to all the details here, but that's one of the things, that banks can create money by issuing debt. This is one of the major causes of why people believe that you need growth in the economy and therefore in the population to keep going. It's, we got to make it mainstream that that's debunked. We don't need that. It's one way of doing things, but it's a way that leads to overshoot and collapse. Once you shift from hoping for the best and just hoping that maybe will, the population will level off at some point, not even recognizing it's way over, it's overshoot in overshoot already. Once you move from hoping from the best to resolve, then society's permeating push to growth and its laziness to respond are as overwhelming as, it's like watching a movie from the past. Like, for example, you watch a movie from the past and you see how much people smoked. We today look at them and we're like, oh my God, they're smoking so much. If you actually talk to people back then, they'd say, what's the big deal? They wouldn't get that it's much of a problem. And we now look at it and like, that's a big problem. I just watched Chernobyl. They're smoking. I don't know if people saw it, but they're smoking all the time. Every scene, someone's smoking. I don't know about you, but I see it and I'm like, oh my God, another cigarette, another cigarette, another cigarette. They're like, not a problem. They don't even notice it. Once you make the shift to determined, to saying, oh my God, we are really in overshoot and collapse is imminent but we can do something about it. Then all the talk about growth, you start seeing it everywhere. People don't notice it, but it's everywhere. I mean, especially coming into the Christmas season, all the buying and stuff like that. Now, talking about the details of population, I want to remind, after everything, my primary goal, leadership, is to work on the beliefs driving the system. Want to see system's goals? Look at its results, whether it was intended or not. Look around our world. Look at a beach. Look at the air. I see trash and pollution everywhere. That's what our system is creating. And it's increasing. We value growth and externalizing costs. We're lucky that the birth rates are lowering, but that's not through intent. We're getting lucky on that one, but we can make it intentional. But we're actually not that lucky because we're not lowering, we're lowering the rate of increase, but that's not lowering the population. That's not lowering the birth rate. It's just increasing more slowly. Again, if we don't lower our birth rate, nature will increase our death rate, and it's not going to be pretty. Nature will bring us below 2 billion, or whatever the carrying capacity is, if we don't. 
we can flourish on the decrease. Or we can face famine and disease, and those things can do it. Do you know anyone else working on lowering the population through peaceful means of consciously and at, at an individual level voluntarily choosing to lower the birth rate? Imagine you lived in a world where there's a huge problem and no one is paying attention to it and you see a solution and the solution is a peaceful, voluntary thing that people will like and it will lead to abundance for all. Yeah, a smaller number of people, but happier people because we're not pushing up against all these limits. Imagine you lived in a world where no one got it or a few people did, but most people just, they're trying to solve all these problems and every problem has at least one contributing, major, major contributing factor and they look at every other solution except that one. Well, that's what I'm talking about. That's the issue. That's the big one. And that is why I continue to talk about population. Even if the birth rate in the United States is below replacement, that's partly hinged on that we keep immigrating more people. And so the population keeps growing and growing and growing. That's not sustainable. So, all right, that's a bunch of stuff. I recommend reading Countdown by Alan Weissman. That's what prompted me to talk about it recently. I recommend listening to the Growth Busters podcast with Dave Gardner. These are a few of the resources. And feel free to contact me back. If I didn't cover something or something I said doesn't make sense, I'd like to clarify it. In the meantime, I hope this is something that we can talk about and talk about more freely and achieve some goals of sustainability, regeneration, abundance for all. That's the future I see. That's the future I want to help create.